Okay, here we are. It's another episode of Better After a While. <laughs> We're in the closet at our apartment downtown. <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd try this for like sound quality because you listen to some podcasts, Julie, where famous people record in their closets. Yes, and honey, be careful. You're about to bump your head on a one cur- of the shelves. A rod? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting experiment, I yeah. think. Yeah, but now, now I feel like we're talking NPR quiet. I, it does feel that way. Yeah. Well, I think the closet begs quiet. I it's think we're try- afraid of waking here. somebody up. It's still, and it is not not hot. <laughs> Where's I had a Coke. Oh, it's up there on the other oh, shelf. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so you had some thoughts. Well, no, so, we, yeah, we're downtown, and Chicago is, for all intents and purposes, open. We got an email two days ago from our building down here that masks are no longer required in common areas if you're vaccinated. So that literally that's happening, um, right? Yeah, and I um, I went, uh, we had friends over last night, so I went shopping um, and we're about three blocks from the bodega, our grocery store. Yeah. And in those three blocks, I saw probably six or seven bars full, like full of people, unmasked, having blast, dartying. Um, and I saw two different trolleys filled with partiers. Yeah. So I was. So people are out yeah. and about, and, and 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 it's both a little alarming and taking a moment to get used to, and a little bit like. All right. Well, you got it, it, it. The day has to come where things are back to normal to some extent, and that felt appropriate. Yeah, it does feel. Um, yeah, it's it's starting to feel real. Were people masked in the bodega? Yes. Yeah. All the customers. Customers. Really, and seriously, be careful. You're keep getting really close to that. This. Oh, I Ledge see. edge. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I, a week ago for uh, our good friend's graduation, Annabelle, uh, we went to a uh, Japanese restaurant where they have the grills, the chop chop uh, right. grills, like Benihana style. Um, and it was small and full. And those places tend to have large groups and they tend to have celebrations. So there was lots of uh, sake bombs and singing and it, it just is all the things and people were in the bar. <laughs> the, 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 the molecules were in yeah. the air. All sorts of spit was happening, like little spit particles. And particulate. I was fine. I mean, I, you know, it, it was cute because our, I think our friends thought I, I was just noting as we arrived that because when I stopped to check the girl that was there, it was during the day, the girl wasn't sure what, how much they were seating, like what percentage of the restaurant inside they were seating it was about 140 so when we showed up it was like 110 percent and um i just was stating that and i think our friends thought i was it was upsetting to me or something and it was strikingly i was strikingly fine with it which kind of brings us to what we have been talking about uh you know, there's that thing after you go through something, you kind of want to take a moment before you completely move on from it and assess it a little bit. Well, uh, yeah, and I don't even know, like, I don't know if you always want to, but you probably should, right? I mean, uh, so we're talking about the pandemic, right? And we're talking about, like, you know, 
we were weird with friends uh, last couple of nights and looking back and there were like things we were talking about particulars you know about like was that april or March, you know, um, when did George and Lauren move into our house because being downtown didn't feel very uh, comfortable for them? You know, and I, I got the month wrong by two months, I think, you know. Yeah, like, it, everything's already sort of fuzzy. And um, it, and, and I was wondering, I mean, I feel good, I, I, but I, I was asking John, like, you know, psychologically, is it, uh, shouldn't one kind of process um, and and kind of think about maybe what you want to take away. It, it, because it was, it was a big deal. And we were all mighty in ways. We were, some of us, you know, lost people. Uh, we lost experiences. We gained amazing experiences that we never would have had. Time with family that we've discussed sometimes was, you know, amazing and just a blessing every minute you know, or, and sometimes horrible, (laughs) um, our regular relationships looked different and felt different. Um, sometimes, you know, people decided, oh, we, I don't want to really be with this person. It worked better when we only saw each other once every two weeks or whatever. Yeah. Boundaries like become in, in an ongoing crisis, boundaries become a little more clear, right? So you learn things that you might never have learned about like what works, what doesn't work, you know, um, in relationships, in the way you want to spend your time, in, um, in just about everything in, in your life, like what your what matters to you, what's a priority to you. Um, you know, I, I just noticed that you're, yeah, my mom just wrote, which... Oh, well, you're just going to hear the dings. I don't know. We, have to, we both have the dings on our computers when someone texts us. Anyway, um, yeah, so I feel like uh, you almost, it, it, it feels like it's going back to normal so 100%. You just kind of want to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, you know, I don't want to forget. I don't want to lose any lesson or any growth. I want to really solidify what what just happened and not just lose it. it it almost feels not just in the way where you know oh it feels weird not to wear a mask and i'm anxious about that because i feel like we're transitioning out of that really easily but more what just happened and i and and, and i don't want to just we can't just go back to normal without the takeaways, that's all. I don't right. want to lose any of the takeaways. It's kind of like after I gave birth. I remember going to my first back... I did voiceovers. Going back to my, an audition. And I was thinking, I can't just go down. I'm different. I can't just go down and just audition. Just like regular. I I, I, I have a baby now. I, I, I can't just... I don't want it to just be samesies. I'm... I'm, I'm changed. I'm profoundly different. And so, yeah. so I want to, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense. Well, it reminds me of, maybe this is a, a, a way to think of it. Um, I'm not sure I have this exactly right, but I think I'm close. Uh, the, the phrase, the term post-mortem is, oh, I, right. think, I think, autopsy driven, um, literally <laughs> after death, right? So like, kind of like reviewing, like what happened here? And, you know, what was what was the cause and, you know, um, almost kind of telling the story 
afterwards. And, you know, and some, and, and now we use it, we use it in my field a lot. Like, you know, after somebody goes through something, um, for example, uh, years ago, there was a, a hockey team, um, a boys hockey team in the suburbs. And, um, and there it was a, they were involved in a violent game with another team. It was the bad blood between the teams. Mm. And, um, and this one kid was getting picked on and the coach called the kid over. He said, you're, you're in the next round. I want you to take that kid out. You know, I want you to just knock him on his ass. And the kid that was getting picked on, he wanted him to stand up for himself. Stand up for yourself, okay. stand up for the team, go and, 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 and just knock him, you know, to knock him to the boards, whatever you have to do, you know, like to take a penalty. It's fine. You know, like this, I'm sick of it. I've had it. He takes the kid out, just does exactly what he's told. Kid is paralyzed. And so I, um, they, they somehow found me. I think I was working with some kids from that high school and, um, and I sat down. So they asked like, what do we do? How do we, how do we work with these kids? You know? And so I said, well, what we do is we do a postmortem, basically. So I sit down with the kids, and one by one by one by one by one, each of these boys tells their story. And it's emotional, and it's painful, and it's kind of solidifying and like, oh, right, that's why. That's how it happened. You know, in a way, it it's not like anybody finds peace with it or anybody's good with it, but pe- they, these guys can find a way to move on with their lives and kind of like assimilate it into their mindsets, the good, the bad, the horrifying, the um, all elements of it, you know, and then move on. Um, and that's an extreme example. Yeah, but I, I think, but but it feels, it yeah, it feels right because it, it's kind of what I mean. Like those boys probably would not have had the opportunity or taken the opportunity to process that in that way, out loud, say all the things, talk about how they felt, talk about their experience, that is actually a perfect example. Yeah, and then there's and there's um there's a process to it, you know, like uh you know you don't want to wait too long to your point after the experience because memory is a tricky thing and um and you you were bad reporters we're- of. Bad we're bad reporters of what's happened, right? You know, we're already feeling that now, right? And now we're talking about something that didn't take a moment, but took 15 months and still is ongoing. Like, let's not... The pandemic is... I think it's officially not a pandemic anymore. Yeah, but I mean... But, 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 I, I, we're not done with it, but we're, we're, but we're done with the bulk of it, right? We're through the storm. And I think it's still raining a little. But, but it sounds like, but I'm just, but life is going back to normal and masks are coming off and, you know, the changes are being made and we're, you know, in Chicago. Offices are opening up so and we're, restaurants hap- are opening right. up and people are getting together with friends. Yeah, things are happening. We're people- hugging. It's all, it's, it's super good. But I do, I do feel like, um, yeah, we are, and I've been, I've heard a couple of podcasts lately, you know, I think it was the psychologist talking about life satisfaction, that same one, that we are really terrible at remembering uh, how things go. And a lot of times we forget a lot of the good stuff and, and the bad, I guess. But uh, well, it, you said something cool about, about the pandemic that I wasn't thinking about is like, you know, um, about how, you know, what we did that was remarkable. You said like, that was the word you used. I'm like, Oh, right. 
you know, I, I, I spend a lot of time thinking with a broad brush about the first 10 months of the thing and how badly we messed it up, right? And how many people died unnecessarily, how many people were sick and suffering unnecessarily. But there's also that element of like, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us really like, attended to like, you know, okay, this is how you take care of people. I'm going to, I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to keep the distance. I'm going to well, find a way where we're going to have to be really creative about how we work and how we interact. And we all, yeah, we all were remarkable in, uh, uh, in, in many, many ways that, yeah, that's, that, that is key to acknowledge. We, our lives changed overnight. You know, you and I went to lunch. We went to a doctor's appointment. I remember the weekend before we were in Vegas, we've said this a million times. We went to, it was a Friday. We went to a doctor's appointment, uh, went out to lunch and then went and bought puzzles. Like we were supposed to have dinner downtown with friends. We were like, nope, can't do it. It was, well, it was shelter in place. So we, we all changed our lives overnight. Schools were out. I mean, we all, uh, made profound changes in our lives. People went to work, uh, left their places of work, worked from home. Kids were at home doing school. I mean, it, so so that is part of it. Like really processing what we accomplished for uh, self preservation and the greater good, and and it would it feels weird and like it feels. Um, it makes me nervous just to go back to everything as usual and just sort of forget. Yeah. And I think we I think we do that sometimes pretty easily. And I'm not talking about even even I was saying like uh you know how the day even after like I remember after my surprise 40th. Um it was so great. It was so great. And then because some people that came in for the party stayed, you know, and then all of a sudden I was hostessing, which I didn't plan on. I didn't get the chance the next day with our friends that threw the party to talk about it yeah. and process it and, you know, and talk about all the people and all the things. And I wept about that. I mean, it was, it was the stress of the like instant house guests that I wasn't planning on, but also I didn't get to like, you know, you want to, talk about all the things and remember it and so and so that you can hold on to it um if you don't get a chance to do that yeah it, it, it's kind of like that too well it's an interesting thing I, I i rarely think about that that the um that part of the process is after the process it's 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 reflecting on the process you know reflecting on what happened? What was it like? That's part of the joy of the thing for you, right? Is oh yeah, is is talking about like you know, that happens a lot. Like you know, we had friends over last night, and we spent this morning talking about what happened last night. We we and effectively like, and it seems you could argue like, oh, that's kind of a waste of time because you're kind of just having the conversation again, and yet it somehow solidifies it in your mind and. Um, and you kind of like think about like the people and what they're going through and how much you care about them and how much you miss them and stuff like that. And, um, and there's something completing about that. There's something that, you know, like it's, it's kind of like, um, getting closure on something. Yeah. And, and, and maybe we need closure on good experiences, bad experiences and most any, but that I think 
there might be a gender difference there too, because, um, and not, not one, you know, um, that favors anybody, but I, I think I'm less inclined to do a lot of that reflection than you are, you know, like you, you well, really I, like that. I think the need is probably the same. So do I. But yes, maybe women are more inclined to do it, but, uh, um, Oh shoot! I don't know. I was gonna something something that you said. Um, yeah. Anyway, we were talking with our friends last night about a million things, but um, yeah, it, friends it, are it was stunning. Famous, by the way, they're super famous. <laughs> it was stunning. <laughs> they kind of are. It was stunning to. Uh, I felt it all slipping away so easily. I was like, oh yeah, gosh, I was you know, buying alcohol wipes and wiping every single thing that came in the door, everything for so long, way past the time that anybody else did. I, and it was kind of, I felt like that was my, I loved doing it. I fell madly in love with alcohol wipes. I probably inhaled way too much alcohol uh, fumes, but um, yeah, just all the things we did, all the ways we adapted. We had the pure like the joy, the gift of having George and Lauren and Lucy under our roof for a few months. It seems, it seemed like a, like forever, but it also seems like that went by in two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very clarifying thing going through something dramatic. That was a doozy, man. That was a doozy. Hundreds of thousands of people died. We were all scared for our lives. Every time we did something, now I'm just remembering this, we would do something safe, semi-safe, get together with a, one other couple, be outside. I was always symptomatic the next month. I mean, not, not, I really wasn't. But you were scared. And, and I didn't feel I like I was that paranoid about it, but um, I was, I felt literally symptomatic on Mondays and then it would go away. I got tested a couple times, but yeah, you forget. <laughs> Anyway, I just I was just wondering what is the importance, and I think it's it's high the importance of reflection reflection on yeah. this for everyone and not yeah. just to let it go. Well, think about like any anybody out there. Think about like what you learned about yourself in the last year. Like I'm just thinking like just that, you know. Like I learned an awful lot about myself. I learned about how I relate to work and how you know um, how introverted I am in by nature you know what I mean like I, I really I think I can come across as a very extroverted person but like kind of that the, the quiet of the initial months of the pandemic I mean there was terror for sure literal terror in my in my system mm -hmm. and yet there was also this like peace there was this odd tranquility as well like it, 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 parallel like in the same moment i get what you mean i mean i i, I was i'm wired differently but I, I i understand what you mean about that the tranquility because yeah we were off kind of off not got not off grid but we were in our homes <laughs> we were isolated from people and a lot of things and a lot of uh requirements, you know, a lot of obligations, I, I should say. Well, and then think about also like, all right, so, you know, like as we open up and you can, you, you can get together with people who are vaccinated safely, you know, think about who you wanted to and think about who you were like, Ooh, man, you know, like 
that's going to be rough. Think about family relationships and like how, how they've gone for you, you know, like, cause I know like I've gained some clarity about family relationships yep. as well. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and how I feel about like human nature for better and worse too. You know, like, um, I, there's some things that happened in the last year that like shot and disappointed me enormously, you know, like, um, where I still, am shaken by some of the things you too right there's certain things you just you don't want to hear certain people say anything because you're of, of fear of what they're going to say yeah i mean they're, like they're, having they're, tucker right. carlson say your name for example <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes so we didn't even really talk about this or even post it i have a video maybe i'll post it um john writes for cnn and Tucker quoted John because his point, I think, was that maybe kids never needed a mask or something. So John had written a, a piece that about, you know, people, kids and, you know, people in general, but kids having anxiety about taking masks off now and how they're scared. And Tucker was like saying, isn't that a shame? So the psych, a psychologist called Dr. John Duffy writes for CNN. And we were just like, oh, my God. And um, we like uh, we're not fans. <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh my God, the great and powerful Tucker Carlson said John's name. It was just hilarious, um, terrifying for me. Oh, uh, it was? Well, the, the way the way it came to me was, I think I got five or six texts. Um, I come out of a session. I'm in between sessions, and I look down at my phone, and like one text after another after another, all within a minute or two of each other. I think Tucker Carlson talking about you. Tucker Carlson just said your name. Tucker Carlson's talking about a psychologist named John Duffy. Is that you? Like, and I'm just I'd like, play it if I had my phone. Oh my god! Like, that's the scariest thing because if Tucker Carlson is talking about me, I'm thinking that can't be good. <laughs> that, that that's got to be like a little bit of declaration of war. Turned out it wasn't so bad. It was no. fine. He was just using like um, he was using it as a reference. Media for people saying that they were afraid to unmask. He was using it to like prove his point. So. But anyway, so wait, what, what was even the point of that? It was funny. Oh, oh the, the point of that, broadly speaking, was um, consider what you've learned about yourself and other people. Like, you know, like, you know, and I said that, like, some things I heard out of the mouths of some people, or I assume <laughs> maybe a little bit, um, kind of turned me off enormously and disappointed me greatly. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a struggle to have, you know, friends and loved ones and family, and we, a lot of people went through this, who were on different sides of science. <laughs> <laughs> who, oh. truth and science and fact and God and... Who were on the wrong man. side of the issues. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, okay, let's just meta, to, let's talk about some takeaways. What do you mean? We, we, our takeaways? Yeah, let's do our little processing of our own. Well, right I mentioned now. that I, I, you know, I recognized a few things about myself: the, the introversion and the the inclination toward work. One at one point during the pandemic, you said to me, "You know what? I'm done feeling bad for you that we work all the time." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! <laughs> it's important that you feel bad for me because I'm slaving away." And you're like, "No, you want to do this. You're choosing this." And I'm like, "Oh shit." think I might be well and you got but I was able to embrace that thought then yeah honestly like I was like and I okay was, I am choosing this and I was liberated from yeah from from that piece you found 
huge efficiencies in um, in your work in that you didn't have to drive or fly to do media. You do it from your studio across the hall. We hope that continues because that that's... I mean, I know people want to return to the workplace, and I hope they do. I feel like it's not good to always be home. But, you know, Lauren was pointing out, it's going to feel weird. The inefficiencies of the commute are going to feel weird now. Where, you know, I have, like, the dead time getting downtown and getting back. So now, at 5.30 or whatever I'm done, I can get right on my Peloton. And, you know, but when we get back into the office, I'm going to be... Um, you know, I'm going to be having to get on the train or walk to the train. And that's just a small thing. And there's going to be huge positives. But I was like, wow, that's, that's a, that's a really, that's, that is, you are going to feel that it, you know, you're going to feel there's huge efficiencies in just getting up a little bit later, making your coffee and going and sitting in your, at your computer. Well, I'm dying to see how that, that inefficiency is balanced with the synergy of being in an office together with people and the the need yeah. to, to, for, for the social camaraderie and the brainstorming and the idea swapping. Um, you know, I, I suspect, I hope there's a balance there. You know what I mean? I, I hope it's a two, three thing, like a two days, three days, you know, like some something in there. Um, you know, I do think that we're recognizing, a lot of my clients have recognized like, wow, I, I overwork and I work really inefficiently and now at home I can titrate that down to something that I can really live with. I can make 50 hours, 30 hours. So individual it, workers and companies probably have learned a lot. Yeah. About, yeah. Yeah. Um, our friend Eileen. The nature of work is going to change. Yeah. Our, our friend Eileen who does a lot of, she's an amazing coach and she does a lot of coaching. Eileen Collins coaching. She does a lot of coaching uh Corporate corporations hire her through this company she works with to work with their employees. It's, she's like an employee benefit. But she saw a ton of, and this is another thing you don't think of, people who started new jobs during the pandemic. And they're, 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 uh, they lost the ability to... Think of how hard it is to integrate into a new company. You know, so it's one thing you, that you you worked there and everyone now is just at home, but you still know each other. So now you're on a Zoom call and you're trying to like get your two cents in or, you know, meet meet new people and, and, and integrate into this new place. And so she worked with a lot of people who were like struggling with that. So that that's a one whole thing that, you know, just little side micro issue. It's no small issue from no. a corporate point of view, like the idea of like mission statements and corporate culture and getting people kind of integrated. You know, um, you talk sometimes about um, lately you've been talking about this is going to seem like a non sequitur, but it's not. OK. Uh, you listen to a podcast called A Little Bit Culty. Oh, yeah. Um, and you and I have talked lately about all the things that are culty and most things in life, most mm-hmm, things that we mm-hmm. are, you know, like I belong to a Springsteen cult. I'll, I'll admit that, but a uh, little bit culty co- corporate culture is a little culty. Um, and in, in a way that might work for the corporation, right? You get, you get this kind of common mindset and idea, uh, this, this, this grouping of ideas. And, um, it, it's gotta be really weird to start virtually, you know what I mean? And really not get a feel, a real feel like face-to-face for that culture. I'm thinking about like 
when I first started at Arthur Anderson back in 1986, um, for better or worse, I got a feel for that culture within hours. You know, I was like, you know, okay, this is what this place is like. I remember thinking, this is definitely not for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and seven years later, I walked right out that door. But, um, you know, like, I, I think also I've worked with a lot of people who get to a place and they're like, oh, yeah, this this feels right. This is, you know, and to, but but to not walk in a door and to be sitting in your bedroom on a laptop, you know, it's got to be hard to to integrate to get yeah and to make any kind of impression or make any kind of a contribution think about you know it's hard enough if you're sitting in the room you want to like put your two cents in or you know show that you have an idea or you know and some you probably a lot of times with zoom just don't bother because it's so right the room where it happened was empty so we were all in different rooms um yeah and i guess well i love that was a hamilton reference i thought i'd get a little something for that well, maybe you did out there <laughs> for people who are listening. <laughs> Hopefully there's somebody nodding along and thinking through the song a little bit. Um, it's, it's happening. It's popping. Yeah. Well, it. the one gift for us, for me, no, one gift for us was, uh, you know, making the move downtown. I think I it was the final straw, uh, the feeling of, know isolation <laughs> that I was having um you know and just yeah like all this stuff is going on in the world and my view is not changing there's the house across the street I, I just yeah it helped me just bust out which was such a gift to me get downtown open my studio like yeah well it, it makes you wonder whether we would have made this move without a pandemic I don't know I don't know either yeah um I shudder to think. So I know that made me, that hurried that along, I think. For sure. Yeah. Because I was, um, we were kind of, actually, we were kind of getting in a, in a groove. You know, it, again, you forget, well, what were we doing before? We were, I mean, I was painting and we were uh, on your book tour. We were traveling a lot. You know, there was a lot of events and stuff. I was involved in that. That seems so like that, so long that ago. That felt like kind of a groove. Like we were you know, and we had a lot of trips coming up. So I no, I bet you we would not have done this. Right. We would have that we would have followed that path, which we were thinking this this is cool, right? We were we had you know we were we had a lot of things on the docket. We were gonna we were supposed to be in Maine, D.C., you know, and we were gonna make long weekends. And yeah, yeah. there's no way we would have done this. Now, and I actually there's a thing we just processed. I, you know, I'm, so that is a huge gift. Yeah, that's the biggest change we've and made we'll, this year, for sure. we'll probably still do that, but now, you know, we have this new jam, which I love, and yeah. my, yeah. I so, so I guess the punchline is... Um, take a minute. Take a beat, post-mortem, like, just uh, talk it through, and and I think maybe it's um, no small thing to sit down with your family or your spouse or somebody and talk it through, you know, yeah. like, because I... If I were processing this, just sitting in, you know, or writing in my own mind, I'd miss a lot. If we weren't talking about it, you know, um, and hearing um, Heidi and Michael talk about their experiences, you know, it's like, um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what we were doing around that time. And this is what you guys were doing. Like, you know, you kind of like the more the more I think you reflect on it, the more you remember and um, and the more you're able to kind of like integrate and move on. Um, 
And from a psychological point of view, integration of experience is an underrated thing. That's we, what I'm saying. We move past things way too readily. This is your big point, right? And, and without, without pausing, you know, and and that's right down to like, hey, I want to talk about the party last night. You know, I want to work that through or. You know, like I'm thinking about like, you know, the day of my father's funeral and, you know, and talking to Chad, my friend Chad about that, who was there and kind of observing and talking about like remembering who was there. And he said, you know, that there was a bunch of men there. You know, I'm like, oh, right. All my dad's AA friends. I forgot. You know, like I remember being on kind of autopilot. So like talking it through, you kind of like are able to pull it together and integrate it because I was just gutting through the day, you know. Yeah, so so the things that were amazing, um, I think you you'd feel I'd feel sad if I didn't pause and really, um, you know, kind of go through that in my mind and and I mean the pictures pop up and stuff, but it was again such a treasured time with family that would just absolutely never happen. I know. Um, I'm just thinking of our, our really good friends, the Doherty's, you know, like they got to spend time with, you know, boyfriends of the, of their daughters and really get to know them on a, in a way that they never, never would. You may, you may go through life and never know your, you know, child significant other as well. Like that's true. You, you might, yeah. I you might, just, you know, you, depending upon where they live, you might see them once a year. You might, you know, there might just always be an awkward thing. And, um, they got to know, well, Katie's boyfriend really, really well. He lived with them for a long time and they, you know, there's, so there was so many, I think, relationship gifts and maybe the gift was we shouldn't be in a relationship, but for sure, but that was, a see, see the great divorce episode of the podcast. Yeah. Right? That was a remarkable, a remarkable time. And I do think you, that we might feel, it almost would make you feel crazy to just go back to things as usual and not not process it seriously like yeah yeah like wait a minute it's you like know, losing too much are we time not going to talk way. about this and there's so much you know every day there's so much shit in the news excuse oh you're not supposed to swear <laughs> i think you can swear no i know but there's so much in the news that that even the craziest things get buried in 10 seconds right so yeah. it, so the 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 possibility the probability of forgetting too much of this is is there for if sure you don't take a beat so well, then there's a, and, and you know like maybe as a final note like you know imagine being among the half million families that lost somebody you know like um or you know didn't get to have funerals who, who didn't get funerals right i mean you know, you talk about not being able to process something, you know, right. Like oh that, God, that, how important that ritual is for us. And, um, you know, and, and the people who were sick and afraid and on ventilators and, you know, like it's, it's, uh, all, all the, all the horrors. Like, you know, if you've been through any of that, it's even more important probably. Oh God. To yeah. That's a whole other thing. Right. Process. And, you know, so people that run the front lines, it's like the hockey team, man, like those guys had to, had to weep it out together, you know? Um, Oh yeah, there are people that have changed forever who really saw, you know, the, you know, held the hands of the dying and saw dying alone. The real, right? right like, yeah. yeah, they were the, they were the person who yeah. was there, and yeah, those people, uh, those heroes, hopefully, are getting 
you know, all the support. hopefully there's an initiative, like a national initiative to get them support, but I'd be surprised. Whoops. Oops. <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah. Yeah. Talk it through. Talk so it out. So that's, um, that's your podcast from the closet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the sound is better. I can't tell. I can't tell if it's like, I feel like your voice disappears between you and me. So it'll be interesting to hear it. I don't think, well, I mean, yeah, we'll see. All right. All right. Love you, honey. Love you, honey. Bye, guys. Bye.